Clayton. John Clayton. Enough! I'm done with my segment! This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Time to talk some football with the professor, John Clayton. If you guys have questions for John, you can send those questions in. Text them in on our brand new text line. The number is 206-421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. Text your questions in, and we will submit them to the professor before he takes off for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. Hey, uh, you want, you can, can I start off with a little yeah. story time here? Go ahead. John Clayton, do you remember Ryan Lindell? Yeah. So he was a kicker for mm-hmm. the Seahawks? When I was retired, it was like 2002, so I was like six, seven, eight years out of the league. Mm-hmm. I went to this uh, Seahawk thing, and they, were, they had like a sumo wrestling ring. So they had you get in one of these big suits. You ever do that, Bob? They I put, haven't been in it, but I've, I've watched it. You've seen times. it, yeah. Oh, so you have certainly. to put on this huge suit, right? And you get in this ring. Did you put so on the head one, too, that looks like Put the like head thing on. <laughs> and so we're there, and I'm just there as like an alumni guy. And there's a couple players, and it was Max Strong and somebody else. So Ryan Lindell was like left over, and they wanted him to, you know, sumo wrestle somebody. So my whole table that I was sitting at at this banquet, they start going, Wyman, Wyman. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> so we get we get in there, and, and finally they get me up to go. And I go, I'm going up against a kicker. Like, I'm a linebacker. Mm-hmm. I, I talk lots of crap about kickers. And so I'm like, I better be backing this up. I get up there. Ryan Lindell's like 6'3", 230 pounds. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I'm about to get my butt kicked. <laughs> by a kicker. By a kicker, and I will never live this down. So the very first one, I, I think he thought like I was an old man, so I just kind of bum-rushed him and knocked him out of the ring. And then the next time, he came after me, and then I just kind of stepped to the side and threw him out. And so it was, you know, get the guy out of the ring two times. I think that's like I was so sore the next day, and uh-huh. that was as hard as I think I've ever tried. Uh, you know, as far as like in a in a match or a wrestling match or even a football game, because I'm like, if I get beat by this kicker, pride, I will never hear the end. But, but technically, you won. Yes, I, I okay. I beat good, him, so, good, good. Yeah, <laughs> kind of kind of like uh, Bob. You have to. I have to go back on your memory on this. It's kind of like when Ryan Roland Smith in the summertime a couple years ago. What event did he go to? Uh, American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, American yep. Ninja Warrior. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the same same thing as uh, you know Wyman doing this, and here's uh, you know, Ryan Roland Smith, the the, the former pitcher, uh, trying to go out there and uh, American Ninja Warrior. Well, Jake Heaps did it too. Yeah, oh. yeah, a little recently, but. Uh, well, yeah, but yeah, you could anyway. see it. I mean, again, it's like a football player over a baseball player. <laughs> Ryan's a big dude. Ryan's yeah, a big dude. True. Yeah, that's true. I did some uh, Krav Maga training with him. And uh, he's he's a big dude. He's what, now, what is, what, what is that? It sounds like something to be in a rooster factory. It's uh, technically an <laughs> Israeli fighting system. It's uh, Krav Maga? Krav Maga. Oh, okay. My yeah. son took that. Yeah. Yeah. It's about basically how to disable people and yeah, it's kill it's them. more of a. It's not even like a competition. Mm-hmm, like I'm mm-hmm. going to submit somebody in jujitsu. It's it's a life or death kind of. I'm going to punch you in the throat. I'm going to strike you in the in the testes and oh, you know man. things like that. You know, but uh, yeah, he's he's he, first of all, Ryan's a big dude. He's a big yeah, strong yeah. guy. So he's he's not your typical baseball player. He's also a hillbilly, so you got to watch he out is for that. that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we get into the uh, the football conversation, John, how much are you loving this Mariners run? Are you got dialed it. in every night? Uh, yeah. 
because again you know pat is always watching every game although she will not be watching tonight because there's no game mm-hmm. but the one thing that uh, she does is that uh, you know she'll she'll sit she'll be you know in in the uh, chair or in the bed and she'll root on every pitch every play so it's like come on boys come on boys and then it's like uh, you know it's like come come on uh, sasquatch you know get a hit sasquatch or it's like you know Come on, uh, you know, Gilbert, get this strikeout. Get this strikeout. Don't allow that foul ball. Don't get the walk. It's like uh, she does this all the way through. And, you know, so you can see how loyal she is to this team. But, again, just watching the amazing part of what is happening with this baseball team, how they wait till the very end, stay in the game, stay in every game, and then find a way to win. And I just think it's remarkable. I mean, again, I still worry that you know the Red Sox could end up sweeping uh, Washington and then end up uh, you know getting you know a half game ahead. I, I think the uh, Mariners still can do a good job against the Angels, but the margin of error is so tight. But what's so great about what's going on is that they're doing such a great job and b- being such an exciting team. And it can only be better next year. Yeah, it's it's just caught this town by storm. People are dialed in in a big way. So and we're dialed in in a big way, in a, oh, yeah. in a bad way. Yeah, what, so may, maybe what can end up happening is that the Boston fan base get, get so interested in uh, the return of Tom Brady, they'll forget about the Red Sox. Uh, yeah. Red Sox yeah. just hit a hit a home run to take the lead over the Orioles early in the, in the yeah. first inning. Yeah, it's the Orioles. So. You know why we know this, John? You got a TV now. <laughs> yeah, yes, there you do. go. Yes, hey, we do, John. I was asking Dave during during the break here. Hmm. What we we heard Pete say everything's on the table when it comes to this defense. Yeah. Like it's sort of implying there could be some changes, and to this point, we haven't heard one word about any sort of change. And and I, I don't know if they if they bench Trey Flowers, does that fix what's wrong? No. But what do, what do you expect to see against the Forty ers that'll be different? Do you expect uh, some different starters? Do you expect the scheme to look different? What I, I feel like we're sort of set up to expect something, but to this point, we haven't heard a word about anything. Well, clearly, I mean, the one thing that you're uh, – and I do think that Trey Flowers could be in trouble, and I don't know if it's going to be Sidney Jones or, uh, you know, uh, Bless Austin or whoever coming in and filling in for him. I still think DJ Reed should be okay. I don't think there should be any change there. Uh, but uh, I think the one thing you won't see is going to be the three defensive tackle uh, lineup because there's no reason for it. I mean, you know, they're down three running backs or top three running backs, and their fourth one is right now, you know, still fighting an injury and may not be able to play. So it's like, you know, the running game's going to be very diminished, and so they don't have a lot to offer there. So it's like, I mean, they're going to have to concentrate on the pass and then see, uh, you know, what they can do with Debo Samuel, who right now is just having a monster season. And again, what I worry about with Debo is that he's always hurt, and so he's not hurt right now. And I think he's in the top five or six as far as targets and catches and all those different things. So he's going to be dangerous. I do think that George Kittle is going to be able to play despite missing practice the last couple of days. You know, we'll st- see how that goes. But uh, no, I think that uh, there's got to be something. You, you can't keep doing the same thing and thinking it's and it's not working and it's going to work. Where do you rate Garoppolo, John? I mean, as as you look at him, mm-hmm. as far as where he is in the league, and just I, I think this year he's gotten a little bit better about 
keeping his eyes downfield even yeah. under pressure. But I mean, he's he's not great, but he's not terrible either, and especially in that system. Yeah, fifteen to nineteen, I think somewhere in that category. I mean, he's certainly not in the twenties, <clears throat> which would put him you know down there with the rookies and some of the bad quarterbacks and all that stuff. But I'd say fifteen to nineteen because obviously you know he can win. That's one of the reasons he's still starting over Trey uh, Trey Lance. You know, because he's a winning quarterback and he's been able to get the team to the Super Bowl and all that. I mean, still there's times where he'll just go through uh, different phases that just go wrong. And so he's got to fix that. But uh, I think he's you know a decent quarterback. But I think you can see, you know, it's like, what do I think of him? Well, what did uh, Kyle Shanahan think of him? Thought of him so well that he ends up trading a couple first round picks and more to move up to get Trey Lance in the third pick in the draft. Yeah, and it looks like Trey Lance has not well he's run the ball yeah you know a couple of times but and that's all he's going to do yeah i mean he made oh, he's got one attempt he's got mm-hmm, one one mm-hmm. pass attempt, yeah so but again it's, I, I still like the comment that uh kyle made earlier this week it's like hey so uh you're gonna put uh, trey lance in there at some point to start and kyle just snapped back and says this isn't the preseason Again, you can text in your questions for John, 206-421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. Text your questions in there. Uh, The 208, John, is asking, Professor, do you have more faith in Seattle beating San Francisco or the Rams coming up? Hmm, I have more faith in them beating San Francisco because San Francisco is uh, more a deficit than the Rams because the Rams are almost pretty healthy. I know they lost a linebacker uh, on Sunday, but they're still pretty healthy and they've got a good defense right now. Their offense is clicking on all cylinders except for maybe the running game. And then you look at San Francisco. I mean, you know, they pretty much almost have to be one dimensional, which does help Seattle. And the uh, the Rams don't have the problems in the secondary that the 49ers have, you know, because two of their top three cornerbacks, you know, are, are not going to play this game. It's and even uh, you know one of the one of the fill-ins, Josh Norman. I I can't imagine him having a bloody lung and going out there and playing in one week. Yeah, you know, I heard bruised lung, and now you say bloody lung. What in the world? <laughs> what happened to him? Uh, you take a big hit or something? He took or? a big hit, and all of a sudden there's blood in the lung. Yikes. You know, if you were to go out on the field and, like, cough up blood, that'd, mm-hmm. that'd be pretty badass. That would that would probably scare <laughs> off his, uh, his opponents. Would that be I – mean, I'd, uh, I'd be doing that after a real tough interview uh, on the sidelines? <laughs> yeah, Clayton, just – Protect yourself over there. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. I don't want you getting a, no. a bruised lung. No, exactly. Well, I need yeah. the lungs to be able to talk. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you, what about use check? I have not seen him that much, and you know, I'm, I'm just wondering. I'm looking at uh, the guy that scares me, John, is this Mike McDaniel. Um, he's got a head that's about the two sizes larger than his shoulders, mm-hmm. and he looks like he's their new offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel. Yeah. I don't, he just seems like one of these uh, nerdly guys that can really put together a good run game. And, I, you know, he's become the coordinator, but he was the run game coordinator. Seems like he does a really good job with that. And, you know, just the way they're using Juszczyk and Kittle, you think they're going to have the same run game that they've had in years past? Well, not now, because, again, they're down so many running backs. In fact, yeah, but they've always been able to plug guys in there. They have. They have. But, in fact, I mean, uh, tell me the last time that Cal Usyk was able to uh, get five runs. He had five runs last week. Yeah. That's rare. I mean, because, again, you know, he's more for the blocking and the pass catching, right. not necessarily the runs. But, you know, they had to use him five times on running plays. 
Uh, I just lost the question. A lot of people are texting in, uh, and we asked Paul Moyer this. I'm curious to get your response. Mm -hmm. How much of what we're not seeing on defense do you put on KJ not being here? It feels like it's an easy, oh, he's not here, they stink. Well, they they were – historically bad with him in the first half of the right. season last year so i don't and i love kj as much as anybody but i just to, to say he's the reason they're struggling now or his absence is the reason seems far-fetched but what do you think well that's that's the thing i think is going to be so interesting about sunday is that uh you know i thought that uh and a lot of people around the league thought the same thing that when they played you know the tennessee titans and derrick henry i mean you need a kj right in there to be able to handle that because kj is so good at stopping the run he's got some mobility and being able to get out there and you know get in the flat and make some stops there all those different things and i think maybe you look at uh, what happened with minnesota last week and it could be the same thing but it's not the same thing this week I mean, they, the, the two running backs are better than what the uh, 49ers have. And so let's say, for example, they do a good job stopping the pass this week. And again, that's where maybe they are missing something with KJ because he was very good at that, too. That's why I'm, I'm still thinking at the, in the back of their minds, they still got to be looking at Jamie Collins. I know because he's lazy and tends to be up and down and all those different things. But no, I think that uh, in those particular two games, those two losses, because remember, they played well in the game against Indianapolis, and Indianapolis has three good running backs. In fact, one so good that they're going to try to see if they can trade Mar- Marlon Mack, who gained 1,000 yards a couple years ago. So, uh, you know, I think that uh, that's uh, so it's, it's going to be a little bit more. More conventional in being able to stop and if that shows that they can stop things in San Francisco that I think shows you it's like okay it's just getting past you know these big running backs or these real tough running backs hey John uh, Seahawks did not have a case of COVID all of last year and now they got one with Gerald Everett now it, it sounds like I mean I think that there's two players that are not vaccinated so pretty good chance that he's one of them that is so what is the, the kind of protocol for him as far as if you're a vaccinated player? Is it just a couple of days? Because I think he tweeted something like, I'm I'll be to, back soon. I'll be back soon or something. I'm just kind of trying to remember what are yeah, the Yeah, uh, well, if, you, if you're unvaccinated, uh, you are, you're out 10 days minimum, okay. right? So you're, you, you can't get back. And you also stand to potentially lose a paycheck or two. And it'd be where I say a paycheck or two is that if Everett's going to be out 10 games, he's going to miss next week's game against the Rams. If he's vaccinated, I mean, you can pretty much start to say, you know, because again, this was a positive test. It's still supposed to be 10. But if you have two positive te- two negative tests, I mean, you can maybe chop it down to probably six or seven and not 10. And that at least would put him in play for the Rams game. But you know, this was a positive test. And we don't know if he's one of the two that didn't get vaccinated or not. All we know is he's the first one to really get a positive test that held up. Remember John Ursua last year in the preseason. I mean, he had a positive test, but it was a false positive. Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. so this was step because it was weird, like you said, Bob. I think he said see you in a couple of days or something like yeah, that. Yeah, see, so, see, see you soon. Yeah. yeah. So you you don't think he's going to be able to play this week though? Well, he's not going to be able to play this week. There's no way. I mean, because yeah. again, it's like it's got to be at least five days, and so uh, well, he just got the positive test yesterday. So there's no way he's going to be ready for the weekend. Well, lucky for the Seahawks, the tight ends aren't a huge part of their game plan anyway. So it just hold it, on it, a minute, Bob. <laughs> I think they are. Well, they don't, no, they don't. They, they don't should see, be. They don't seem to throw the ball to the tight ends that often, as much as you would have thought coming off of last year, John, when we all said 
wow, as a group, you look at the targets mm-hmm. and the catches, and they were just almost non-existent. And Disley was healthy all year, and then we see you know Disley catches one ball for what thirty-nine yards, a huge play, and it's like the only target of the game. Yeah, I, I, I just don't understand what is happening with the tight end position. Well, I mean, they're playing two tight ends a lot, but again, it's they're not getting in the ball. And again, they went through the same stretch for in Tampa Bay last year. And the reason being, when you have two great receivers, and of course this team has two great receivers in Tyler Lockett and uh, DK Metcalf, they're going to get most of the balls. And so, uh, you know, it's, it depends on how many times you throw the football. And if you're going to be uh, a little more balanced like this team wants to be, then there's going to be less throws than there were last year when there were a 60-40 pass-to-run team. You know, but you go back to Tampa Bay, you know, they got Mike Evans and they got Chris Godwin. And for a long stretch of time, the tight ends weren't in the mix catching the ball. And that even include Rob Gronkowski and Cameron Brait. And so it's like uh, that's just a reality. I mean, it's only one football and there's only one play that uh, can go to a receiver or a tight end in a pass play yeah you know i was saying earlier that two things that make me happy is that you know on this offense will disley now he's only been targeted four times but he's got like a 19 yard average i don't know what it is about him john he is a very sneaky like i don't think he's necessarily fast but he's kind of like gronk and kittle that he just has a tendency to pull away from defenders and especially linebackers and then the other one was Carson I mean he's not the number six rusher in the NFL right Mm -hmm. now it sure doesn't feel like it no, because but then that's you have to look at the running numbers. I mean, the running numbers are at least down 20, 30 yards a game. And uh, I think and again, I have to go back and double check it and I keep forgetting to do it. I think there's only been 11 times this year there's been a 100 yard runner. And so with that in mind, you don't have running backs putting up big numbers so far other than Derrick Henry and maybe a couple others, but that's it. Hey, what did you make of uh, – did you see Derek Carr's comments about playing the Chargers? He no. Said, he said uh, they, they've played uh, – what did they say? In five different stadiums he's played the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And his quote is, in my past, whether it was in Los Angeles at the soccer stadium, the StubHub Center, or in Qualcomm in San Diego, it was another home game. It's always looked at as another home game, and that's no disrespect. It's a fact. And he's just saying, I fully expect Raider Nation to take over the majority of the stadium again. They usually do. I mean, that's... This it, is at SoFi? Yeah. 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 He's, he's yeah. saying, you know, it doesn't matter where they played, that the that the Raiders look at it as a home game when they play the Chargers. No, it's a fact. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, I know in, in the uh, you know the game about a week ago, I mean, they had more visiting fans than they had regular fans. And it's like, you know, it's just not selling in, San, in uh, Los Angeles. It's just uh, for whatever reason. And again, I guess, you know, L.A. is not buying into them. Now, that's L.A. because they're going to pick and choose. And so they're going to pick the Rams, obviously, because the Rams, you know, are so exciting and so good and look like a Super Bowl team right now. Uh, and they're not going for the Chargers, even though, again, I thought all along they have a great chance with a great quarterback and Justin Herbert to go to the playoffs this year. But the fans aren't buying into it. Looks like it's like a six, six and a half hour uh, drive from Vegas down to L.A. So maybe their fans. Can... Nah, it's a what, a what forty. Was it a? I don't know what the price is now because of the uh, you know, the pandemic and everything else. But it's not it's not a drive down there. It's a. Uh, Quick flight. Four, four, yes, a forty-five minute uh, or forty-five dollar, sixty dollar Southwest flight. And of course, I mean, say what you want. Even for uh, you know Las Vegas, you know a lot of the fans that are attending the games there certainly are from Oakland, but they're also from Los Angeles, and they're flying up on those you know Southwest flights. Hey, John, and, and Alaska flights too. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, got to get that in there. Yeah. Uh, how about this Tom Brady? How do you think this is going to go over with him and Belichick, the reunion here? And I was listening to Matt Hasselbeck talk about it and how uh, was it Peyton Manning came back somewhere and he, they put up this whole, or maybe it was Brett Favre, but mm-hmm. you know when he came back, they put up this whole montage thanking him and kind of softened him up a little bit. I wonder if they'll try to do the little reverse psychology on Tom Brady and you know put the video up there. Thanks take for the it, take memories. Take his edge away. Yeah, take yeah, his, his yeah. edge. What do you think is going to happen in yeah, that? Yeah, I think the, I think the, the fans are going to be positive. I think they're going to kind of make it as special as possible, but not overdo it because again, it's not like they want to celebrate the return of Tom Brady coming in there and possibly beating Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I was at that game, by the way, with Brett Favre, and uh, you know it was nasty. Because, I mean, the fans had a resentment because he ended up going to Minnesota. And so there was a lot of fans that ended up booing him. And a lot of fans and a lot of people in the uh, area that didn't go to his restaurant. Because, remember, even after you know moving to Minnesota and everything else and coming back, I mean, he still had the restaurant, which was right near the stadium. And uh, they were kind of boycotting that. Mm. Hey, John, I saw Lamar Jackson has not practiced uh, mm-hmm. yesterday or today. They said he's got, quote, a little back flare-up. That's, is that from the somersault into the end zone or just yes. taking hits? Well, I think it's a somersault into the uh, end zone plus taking the extra hits because now, you know, down their top three running backs, I mean, he has to do more and he has less to work with. And so now, I mean, you know, he's I didn't see how many running carries he had, but I know that the most he's averaged is 11.6, and right now he's probably over 12. And so I think that it's a combination of the two. But that backflip, I think, did hurt. And now when you're talking about a flare-up, there is an outside chance he may not play in this game. Mm, that's uh, that's not a winning recipe for no. this Ravens team. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk tomorrow. All right, thanks. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill. Download the podcast at 710sports.com. Coming up, we've got a definitive answer on who the Mariners' MVP is this season. We'll tell you next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.